grind for the love of the game. Don't need no other rhyme or reason. We grind for the love of the game. Grinding all the way in the silly season. What's good looking? Topical, topical. Love it. I've begun um, looking forward to like just the inflection in your your voice when you react. So that was a nice, smooth one. You're like, oh. (laughs) I've been I've been impressed. The first couple, like it was like, all right, like we're 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 kind of working our way through it, you know, and. but but recently I've been in been in uh, kind of inspired by them. I think you got a whole album you might be able to put out of these. I'll make maybe a teeny little uh, coffee table book or back of the toilet feels more appropriate. Just a quick. Yeah, because we spend too much time on our cell phones in general. What happened to just picking up the same old crusty book you had on the back of your toilet? I, I don't I don't use my phone on the toilet. I, I read Time magazine. Oh, my God. You, you have the you have the basket with magazines on the back of your toilet. You always have. Yes, I do. Yeah. Did you yep, did yep. you grow up that way, or is that a custom you developed as an adult? Uh, no, I grew up that way, and just kind of uh, have have tried a couple of different magazines out, a couple of books out, but uh, but you know, I like to uh, come away feeling a little little more uh, you know, a li- little smarter for my situation for what just happened. That, ex- that explains a lot. Well, <laughs> what's up, everyone? Uh. This is the eve before the tournament starts back up. So I hope everyone's brackets are looking high. Um, I'm currently personally winning a, a Yahoo friend pool, much to the chagrin of Ryan Winslow Meyer and his wife, Jenna. So shout out to y'all. Um, thanks for inviting me. Um, and I also, also Caden, who just did a great job on our last pod. It was really fun having him. He is like such a college basketball nut that I, was, I told Natron, Nikita and I have stopped inviting you to my pool to my pool. So when you asked if I had a pool, I was like, yeah, my buddy got one. I just kind of hoped you wouldn't follow up and you didn't. So that's why you're not in the pool because I don't need you taking it, taking it every time. And I'm going to take this thing. Sometimes it's just it's like nice to go down the bunny slope, you know? Exactly. All right, man. Well, uh, we are just smack dab in the middle of most fantasy semifinals. Um, some of us play on some of us. Um, play on, but just for less stakes. Uh, I, I will say I respect our hustle in the constellation bracket. You got to hand it to our league mates. You know, we just, it may be annoying to, to you playing for something, but you never want to stop hustling, um, especially if you're in multiple leagues and you're already kind of working through them uh, and you know who the pickups are, but uh, just much love to all y'all in the constellation bracket. We're keeping it real. It's, it's a sign of a healthy league. If it matters to you, whether you finish, in seventh place or in 10th place or fifth place versus sixth place. And uh, even though in three years, nobody will remember, like you, you know, next no. season that, that no. you beat so-and-so like, yeah. Oh no, I, I didn't have a bad season. I just finished seventh. And it matters if you know the people in your league, like I wanted to beat you in my last game last year. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to beat Mark city, who I was hoping I was going to be able to beat up on last week in the playoffs, but it didn't break that way. Um, so so yeah. Um, anyways, I will kick it to you as far as getting through some news and notes stuff. Just before we get into our topic and announce that to you, um, this is a new segment called Natron Clean News and Notes from around the NBA. Mm, triple N. Um, but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I just figured we kind of just do a quick quick check in as far as schedules go. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday, the twenty second. So you're probably listening to this on a Thursday. Um, you know, just kind of a, a quick peek at the rest of the week. There is, um, if you hadn't looked already, the the Celtics, Pistons, and 
Timberwolves all have only one game the rest of this week. Um, And so I think it's kind of a good reminder, just like we talked about last week, that, you know, cut to be a pretty aggressive cutting bait, Uh, you know, even with pretty solid dudes, you know, talking about Mike Conley's, McDaniel's, uh, Maximum Derek. Solid uh, dudes. You know, yeah, just good, good guys. But one game in the next four is is pretty tough, uh, you know, especially for this point of the playoffs. So, so it's just kind of be, be okay being brutal with that. Um, and then quick look ahead to next week. It's kind of after a couple tough scheduling weeks, we finally have a week with no uh, teams playing only two games. <sighs> which is so much more civilized. Yes. It was, it was pretty tough having these like conversations like we had last week with these, with Denver nuggets and having mm-hmm. to drop really strong performing guys just because the schedule didn't work out now for, you know, assumably you're maybe in your championship or maybe you're playing. So you're playing for a third place or, or ninth place, but regardless, you can, you can play your guys and just kind of let them, let them fly with that. Um, the only thing that I, I will say is if you just take a, a look at the schedule, you know, and this is pretty far down the line, but the last day of next week, which is, you know, obviously Sunday, uh, almost every single person is playing uh, of, of the 30 teams, 26 of them are playing. So uh, there's only four teams that are resting. So you, there, you probably are going to have guys on your bench. So, um, and that's, and you're not really going to have the ability to, you know, use your moves there on a Sunday either. So be aware of that. Use your moves early, early next week. Um, And then the last thing I'll say in in regards to next week is the only teams that have four games that don't play on a Sunday are the Clippers and the Pelicans. So if you're looking to, you know, stream somebody in or pick somebody up on a Sunday or Monday, and a Pelican or a Clipper, especially in the in light of the Paul George news, is sitting yep. on your waiver wire. Yep. G- give him a little bump. A little bump. A little bump for Terrence Mann or Eric Gordon or maybe even the Plum Dog. Maybe. Plum Dog yeah. Billionaire. That's it. We got to do a count on how many Plum Dog shout-outs just during season one of projecting the jump we had versus Kelly Oubre. Just nice little meter we could have going. I think Kelly Oubre is kind of winning in a landslide, but it's not – it's not an insult to, to Plumley. I mean, Plumley is doing pretty solid. It's ironic because I would say that they're probably the two most handsome NBA players overall. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, we're, in lock, we're in lockstep about Kelly Oubre, but you're right, Plumley, <laughs> real solid. I never thought about him being a good-looking dude, but you're right. Different strokes. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a he's a killer. He's a he, he gets it done. Gets yeah. it done in, on the court, and he gets it done in, in the streets. You know what I mean? <laughs> in GQ. <laughs> so as I alluded to in my, my little rhyme, grinding all the way into silly season, today's pod is silly season heroes. So we're going to take a look at, you know, that's a term we've thrown around in the fantasy industry. It's a fun term. I think it describes it pretty accurately. Um, yeah, what, what does it mean? Well, you know, for the purpose of this pod, we want to look at the usual players who are, you know, stepping into larger roles because their teams want to lose games because their teams are tanking for lottery balls. Um, so we're looking for guys we can grab off the wire to help get us through our playoffs. But more than that, we also want to use this as a chance to take a look into the future. Uh, silly seasons like a crystal ball, flashes of the future seen in the present. Um, so as we know from past silly seasons, some of these names can be flashes in the pan. 
They don't always develop uh, into the sleepers of next year. Um, but some of them are worth filing away for next season. So I want to take a look at players um, through the lens of make sure this guy is rostered. Um, if he's available in your league, grab him. This guy's really producing. Also through the lens of like, this team's going to find a way to showcase this young player. So um, without further ado, I'm excited to get into our first guy. And I'm really excited to try to pronounce his name for you. That is uh, Utah Jazz swingman rookie Oshai Obaji. I think I nailed that. O- I'm so glad that you are talking about him because I had him, I had him on my list, but I was too afraid to try the pronunciation. Um, so I, I appreciate you, you, you taking care of that. Thank you, Natron. Yeah. Oshai Obashi. I got this. So he, uh, he was actually um, an all American last year at Kansas. He's a 22 year old rookie played all four seasons. He was a three-star recruit. Um, and currently he is 8% rostered on Yahoo. So wanted to take a look also uh, this week to end week 22, he has a Friday, Saturday back-to-back and then a four-game week 23. So making up for that two-game week last week, the Jazz are picking it up schedule-wise. He's giving you a nice little scoring punch. Um, he's got a lot of upside down the stretch. A little nugget I'm going to steal from and credit Josh Lloyd for is Josh Lloyd believes that the Jazz are going to find a way to start Obagi in every game. That's not specifically tethered to one individual being shut down for the season, but they're just going to kind of reconfigure the lineup to make sure Obaji is getting his throughout. Um, so the past two weeks, I'll hit you up real quick. Uh, he's cracked the top 100. Uh, it's a scoring profile, like I mentioned, 16.2 points, three boards, 1.6 times, half a steal, half a block, 3.4 triples on 50% shooting, 89 from the line. So on this 1.8 attempt, so... There goes my light. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, I think Obaji is one of these players where the Jazz want to see what they have, and, and he's going to get up a lot of shots. So has he caught your eye? Um, was he on your radar, you know, coming into the year? What's your what's your Obaji take? I, I didn't he wasn't on my radar as far as playing time coming into the year. Uh, you know, but I, I have taken notice over the last month as his playing time has been has kind of has really consistently creeped up, uh, you know, and initially I was kind of wondering, you know, was this just tied to some of these injuries that they were having that seemed, you know, there were honest injuries, um, you know, they just needed filler guys to, to come in. But now at this point, I think you're right. I mean, he's, they are, they really want to play him, you know, and, and find out what, what exactly they have. And he's been like all their players actually coming off the bench. I've been, it's kind of, I think, is a testament to that jazz system. And I think you see this with, with certain teams. You know, they can they can plug and play guys a little bit better just because I think their entire organization is strong. Uh, I think their development, their coaching does a good job of putting guys in the right place. I mean, the Heat are another uh, classic example of this. But he's been doing great. He's been putting up huge numbers. And, um, and I imagine he's on every single competitive roster's uh, someplace in, in a league at this point. He's trickling up. Yeah. And one thing about the jazz culture they're developing uh, under Dan, Danny Ainge that's nice is I think if I had to find somebody to play Natron clean in a movie, um, their head coach would be a nice one, Will Hardy. I uh, just got that real all American baby face, um, smooth talker, uh, boy next door type. So, uh, Will Hardy, if you ever wanted to play Natron in a PTJ movie down the road, uh, we could work that out. Um, yeah, shout we'll out to yeah. <laughs> shout out to your boy Isaac Buki. By the way, he got a little run in their last game. 
Oh, finally. I, I've been like, that's been my, my weakest take uh, of, of all, this entire podcast was well. projecting Azabuke over Walker Kessler. Uh, and I've been, right. so I've, had a, I've had a pretty big rooting interest in seeing him finally getting some minutes. And I have noticed over the last few weeks to see him really tick up. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I am glad to see that, even yeah. though he's not beating out Walker Kessler anytime yeah. soon. So shout out to you. Good on you. I still have the Caleb Martin take as my personal uh, least favorite, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I got a bit of a bias against there's him. Been, there's a lot to choose from. He's been usable at times. Uh, so sticking with the Jazz, uh, quick shout out to Chris Dunn. Yeah, the Jazz did sign him for the rest of the season, uh, and he's just producing just nine cat gems on a regular basis. He's actually still only 32% rostered on Yahoo, and I feel like that's ticking back up from the two games from last week. Uh, he's up 6% in the last 24 hours. So these numbers are just helping any, any roster. This is not Bill specific. Uh, he is the 84th player in nine cat the past two weeks, giving you 10.6 points, 4.4 boards, 6.6 times, a steal, over half a block, over half a triple, shooting 49%. And this is what I really want to highlight and give him his flowers. He's shooting 90.9% on 2.2 attempts. And I remembered he wasn't a great free throw shooter as a guard. I, you know, So I looked yeah. it up. Uh, he actually shot under 74% in his second season with the Bulls on the same volume. So this guy clearly has worked on his game and it's cool to see he's 29 years old. So, you know, I'm glad Chris Dunn got the contract to finish out the season and he should get the contract to finish out the season on your fantasy roster, whoever you are. Wow. No, nice, nice sell there. Yeah. It, it is nice to see. I mean, he's always was, was an elite defender uh, that couldn't quite play his way onto the courts. I mean, kind of like a Frank Nick, Nick, Nicotina, Nick, Nick, Frankie Nicotine, Frankie Smokes is a yeah, KFC is similar, similar ish game, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I, I always just kind of like the size and the athleticism of Chris Dunn a little bit more. So yeah. I, I'm glad to see it happen. And uh, um, yeah, and it's working coming at the right time for fantasy managers. Frank Nelikina is a good comp. Chris Dunn definitely, we knew how good he was coming out of Providence. I mean, he just looked the part. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those are my jazz boys. Look, look who you got for silly season heroes. Well, I guess I just wanted to start with, uh, I mean, you, you kind of gave the, our definition of silly season, and this has been uh, kind of just to do a quick reflection on the season has been a, one of the funnest seasons that I can remember just because the NBA has been so competitive. Everybody, you know, all the teams are really pushing for that to win the championship this year. I mean, I've never seen a season where 10 seeds to, with two weeks to go honestly are talking themselves into this idea that they're going to win the championship. And so I was just curious to see, you know, if, if this is just recency bias or me just kind of imagining it versus what we've, what we've actually been seeing uh, in the past. So at this point of the season, I kind of drew a line in the sand at, uh, at a 40% win percentage. Um, And at this point in the season, there's only four teams with less than 40% 40% wins um, to a point, point zero zero, um, which is pretty amazing. And, and I was like, wow, that, that feels really small. So I, I went back and looked at the last decade. So the last 10 years to see, you know, what's, what's average. What, what are, what are we to expect? And so over the last decade, there's been an average of 7.8 teams with less than a 40% win percentage. So, so this year, this, 
less than half of that. Uh, I mean, there, there, there's half of those teams that are that are falling into that category. Uh, you know, with with the caveat, there could be a couple teams that you know that the Magic, Blazers, Wizards, Pacers could all theoretically, if they lose out, reach that lower threshold, but it's unlikely. Um, so it's it really drives home the fact that you know we're this week we're talking about our kind of silly season favorite right. players. But in a fun twist, there's less of them this year than we've kind of grown accustomed right. to. I mean, there still is, but uh, uh, it's been for that reason. It's been it's been a really fun season. Good stuff. Nice dive. I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that the Spurs, the Rockets, the Pistons, and the Hornets are just killing it so hard that it just automatically it fills up the cup of the other teams just a little bit more than usual. They were there from day one and kind of oh. and and really stake their claim to it. Uh, the other thing I'm kind of curious about too is, and if you're out there, uh, kind of feel free to hop on to the Projecting the Jump social media. We're kind of we're uh, Atley has us all across the board, so we're we're Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But I'm curious to see if if in your your personal league, are you also seeing more parity and more uh, in in kind of just more similarity just because we're, there's less of these guys getting shut down um, versus other seasons or not. I, I guess, yeah, if, if you have a take on that, feel free to uh, hop in and, and, and let us know because I really would like to know. Yeah, we, we could share that on the Twitter too and just see if, uh, if that gains any traction if people want to share if they've noticed that. But so to clarify, you're saying that only that there are only four teams whose winning percentage is under um, is under 40%. Exactly. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. yeah you know, 2016 is above that. <laughs> I, I have a couple players, uh, actually everybody on my list besides the one team who might push for that is actually in those bottom four. Um, mm. But uh, we'll get to that team uh, towards the end of the podcast. Um, Licky, did you have any players uh, that can fit into to the mold here? Yeah, I, I do. Um, the, the, the first one that I kind of wanted to talk about, and, and I'm guessing that we're going to have some overlap, just as, as you mentioned, that, you know, most of your players are in that bottom feeder group and, and mine are too. So I'm, I'm guessing you're going to have some similar takes here. Um, but the first team I wanted to touch on was the Charlotte Hornets. Boy, yeah. Was, was it somebody, you, you had some guys uh, on this list here? I actually have nine players on the, on the Hornets on this list. Do you really? Wow. Okay. So I, I have eight. So I, I'm, I guess maybe just start with the guy that you don't have. Um, no, it, it is, it is interesting. Cause like they've been, they've been officially throwing their hat into silly season from game one. So I was kind of almost tempted to highlight like Dennis Smith jr. So like awesome October, just because like for them, that was their silly season. That was like literally in October. Um, Good point. Yeah, he, he announced his candidacy very early on. Yeah, I, I've never I've never seen that happen. Like right out the gate, just like go straight to silly season. But uh, but Plumlee. they did. And Plumlee as well before he was Plumlee was one. Uh, I really and I, and I hope that you have an ode to him, but I I don't. Yeah. But I, I I do. I almost wanted to throw in Kelly Oubre's entire season into the silly season. I mean, it's uh, goaded. Uh, insert Hornet Center here, and I don't want to give anything away, but you yep. go from Plumley to Mark Williams and then enter Nick Richards. Please do. Yeah, big Nick yeah. Richards, as I'm calling him. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, 
it, it, it's really interesting because we 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 talked about you know for a few of these podcasts about and i think we weren't alone that uh Mark Williams was going to be the guy once Plumley got traded um, that was going to be winning a lot of leagues and kind of blowing things up. Obviously, unfortunately, he got injured and in step, like you mentioned, Nick, Nick Richards. Um, but so I was kind of curious to see, to compare those two players, um, you know, and granted it's not the larger sample size, but see what they each did as starters. Um, so Mark Williams starters numbers were, uh, 11 points, nine rebounds, just under one assist, 1.3 blocks, 63% field goal percentage. Uh, Nick free Richards, too, which is nice with him. He's, I said, oh, the, oh, that's a good point. That is a good point. Uh, Nick Richards, a shockingly, this is going to sound a little repetitive, but uh, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 1.5 assists. 2.4 blocks, which is actually pretty elite, uh, and then 71% field goal percentage. So really, really comparable, a little bit better blocks, uh, but basically a little bit better field goal percentage, but basically the exact same player. Yeah, man. It's yeah, it's funny because there's not a lot of deep analysis we can give on this one other than just be like, insert Hornets center here this season. Yeah. I actually, so I had written down Nick Richards, AKA the new Mark Williams was what I had written down. (laughs) So we're on the same wavelength here. Um, You know, I think long-term Mark Williams is still a much better prospect, but rest of the season, it's wheels up for big Nick Richards. Um, Yeah. Same deal. You know, you get in the low end, double, double crazy field goal percentage over two blocks, super solid role uh, to ride into the silly season sunset. Uh, So yeah, I just, that system is conducive to a rim running center giving you top 75 numbers. Yeah. I think it also kind of, it, it speaks to, I mean, you, you, you're talking about enter center here. I mean, it's, it's been also kind of like a fun, like, uh, you know, kind of uh, back and forth between, you know, when you're watching the NCAA tournament where you have a lot of these teams where, you know, they're like, okay, they're in it because they have these three awesome guards, you know, and then you look at their centers and you're like, wow, they're so overmatched or like, they just have a tall dude. Like he's, he's only playing because he's tall. Um, but meanwhile, in the NBA, you know, and I think it, it kind of, this kind of highlights the whole thing with the silly season is that all of these guys are really good, uh, know, you know, know, and they would. They're, I mean, well, I mean, in that they all would be, they all were great in college for the most part. So as they come in, they're at least going to look competent if given the opportunity. You know, it's funny, and I 100% agree with you. Like, you think of somebody like Drew Timme, and you, you know, with Gonzaga, and he could single handedly power an Elite Eight Final Four run. Uh, you stick him in, in the, the Nick Richards role, and, you know, he probably isn't able to produce the same numbers you wouldn't think. But with Nick Richards, he he went to to Kentucky. Uh, He was like a six. Yeah. Wildcat corner. Uh, He he was like a six man. Like he was not a star in any, by any means. He he was putting up the same. Yeah. He was putting up the same type of numbers for Kentucky as he's putting up right now Uh, and and doing the same stuff. Yeah. So like, but some in, in particular, uh, the university of Kentucky is a little famous for suppressing uh, the breakout potential of players because they, you know, just had loaded teams over the years. Uh, not to get too deep in a wildcat corner without the UK Bay, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, no. This this Nick Richards run, he seemed like a deep bench player, but he's athletic. Um, so if you suck Luca Garza, uh, shout outs to uh, mm-hmm. to the tournament or somebody who's less athletic into this role, I don't know if you get your double double two blocks. 
Yeah, true. Right. They they kind of have that that what they're looking for typecast a little bit, and he fits into that mold. Good, good point. Exactly. Uh, so who's the next uh, silly season uh, guy that you're hoping to highlight? We got to mention him. Um, we'll kind of run through it fairly quickly. We'll talk about James Wiseman for, for a second. We'll talk about okay. we'll, talk, we'll talk about Wiseman for a second. Uh, he is the center for the Detroit Pistons, 61% rostered on Yahoo right now. Obviously, he came over in the trade with Golden State when Golden State decided they'd rather cut their losses and move on. They could have had Lamelo. They could have had Halliburton. A lot of people. They could have had Franz Wagner. They're like, we don't want to look at this anymore. We don't. We want to wake up in the morning and just not think about that. So I get it. But Detroit, they love collecting the the, the busts of past drafts. And uh, James Wiseman <laughs> and um, and Bagley are basically the same player. He, uh, he's putting up a fourteen and ten the past two weeks. Very Bagley s stats. Um, he had a stinker against the Hawks on Tuesday, uh, but he has been on a nice run. It's been the nicest run of his career production wise. Uh, Detroit's in the middle of a two game week, um, but they have the four games next week. So I have Wiseman as the center on my, is this guy good team? So I'll just kick it to you. Natron. Is he any good for fantasy? He can help you, but is James Wiseman a good player or not. Yeah, it is funny because it seemed like by the end of the Golden State run, the answer was a pretty resounding no. Um, and then, but then it's amazing, like, uh, or I guess how, like how how it illustrates how like when a player on bad teams, you know, can put up these big stats and it can really change your perception. Oh, yeah. um, you know, so I think y- you could have probably have the same question about Jalen Green. If Jalen Green was on you know, the Warriors or something, we might have the same thing. Like, oh, is this guy a sixth man? But he's in, but he has this feature role in Houston. You're like, oh no, this dude's a future star. Um, which you know, which he may be, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Wiseman's field goal percentage has been fantastic. His scoring has been great. Um, his rim running has been really good. Uh he's he's been rock solid. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's all. So it's just interesting long-term with Jalen Duran, I think probably being the most talented player. I don't know what kind of glimpse we're getting as far as the silly season. I don't know if this is a glimpse into Wiseman's future or just what it looks like when a team who is just a complete trash fire decides to turn the keys over to, you know, a talented young big. So I would actually like to, you know, fast forward into the future eight months, 10 months and see, is this guy getting meaningful minutes or is he just a, a cheap project that they were able to grab at the deadline? Yeah, it it is nice that you're right, that to finally see some run for him because that's, I feel right. like what all we've all wanted. That's, what, that's what we asked for. Have that's the question have. answered. Like, that's, what we, that's all we wanted. Yep. yep. Yeah. Not so much that's to okay. ask. It's yeah. really, it's uh, really not. Okay. Like, so uh, who is the next guy you got for us on our silly season heroes? Well, the first hero that I have is uh, is actually a coffee roaster, and that is Steelbridge Coffee, uh, which is it's it's never silly season a Steelbridge Coffee. I'll tell you that I uh, uh, had some Steelbridge Coffee this morning. It's premium beans. They do a great job of sourcing from different regions, and and actually they do a really good job of of mixing up the regions that he's sourcing from. So you never get tired of of one roast. It's it, which is kind of fun. You can stick with one 
really good roastery and and kind of experience a whole bunch of different beans from week to week to week. So if you're if you're a coffee person out there, uh, I would definitely encourage you to head over to steelbridgecoffee.com backslash PTJ and uh, and check it out. I, I could not agree more. And I got to tell you, folks, if you're if you're not witnessing this live like I am, that was not a read that was off the cuff. So, you know, it's from the heart. So so do follow the advice of the man. It's Steel Bridge Coffee in my veins and in my heart. But uh, so my next player that I'm going to highlight is a. Uh, see if you can see how quickly you can name him. Um, so he's a, a former first team all rookie player, and he was also the former number one overall recruit out of high school. Uh, in fact, ESPN gave him a recruiting ranking of 98 out of 100. Cam Reddish. Great. Oh, that's a really good guess. It, it's. Uh. Uh, that was that was a really really good guess, but it actually just played off of, and I and I should have just chirped in when you were talking about um, uh, your last player. But this is Marvin Bagley. You sinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was. I was. I was glad to hear you went Wiseman because I went Bagley with it. Uh, you know, which maybe threw you off the sense. But since Marvin Bagley has returned from his ankle injury, he is the number six player in NBA fantasy basketball which whatever that's a, it's a small sample thing but like uh but still much in the way that wiseman's been doing very well um the bag man marvin bagley has been just kind of lighting it up in uh in a way that we thought oh this this is who this guy is um and granted it's for the completely atrocious terrible pistons and so like i don't know how real any of these numbers are but post all-star break he's averaging 29 minutes a game uh 15 eight and a half one and a half assists with uh and this is the one thing we've never seen from him 1.4 stocks in half a three per game um so it's 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 really, it's kind of, we're seeing this, this actualized version of Marvin Bagley. And really, I mean, you mentioned that he's, his stats are really similar to Wiseman and they, and they are the only difference. And it's been a surprise because I would have thought it would have been flipped and granted, maybe this is just small sample size is that Marvin Bagley is out uh, steel and steel and blocking Wiseman, which I would have never expected. Somebody somebody should tell Wiseman that maybe fix that i would think he'd be embarrassed by that i will say about bagley we did see flashes of this last year when the pistons first acquired him much like they acquired wiseman this year so we have seen him him you know doing this and i don't think he's in their long-term plans it's really nice for fantasy so it's great to stream him when he has the minutes uh on tuesday night he was like a dfs darling he just went insane and you really needed to have him in your lineup to, you know, hit big money that night. Um, so those are the times you look for Bagley. He's going to remain relevant for those reasons. Uh, I'll ask you this long-term, who do you think has a better chance to salvage the career and become, you know, a two to three time all-star is it Bagley or is it Wiseman? I don't think either is going to reach that ceiling, but if I had to bet on it, I, I think I would say, you would throw the wager on Wiseman just because he has a little bit more of the physical tools that uh, teams look for. But I think, uh, oh geez, I you know I say that, <laughs> but the moment I the moment it came out of my mouth, that now I'm now thinking realistically, I think just Marvin Bagley is is a better player than Wiseman. So I'm gonna uh, 
I would I would take Marvin Bagley and but not feel great about it. You? I'll take Wiseman and not feel great about it, but pretty easy, <laughs> pretty easy easy for me when I compare the two, just because I do think that uh, Wiseman has more on court defensive upside and the ability to be able to be taught to be the sort of center you would need. But I don't know if he has mm-hmm. the basketball IQ to make that happen. I mean, they're both. Let's be honest, they're both knuckleheads. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. You're right. I mean, Wiseman has more of the physical tools that can fit into any NBA. They can fit into more NBA teams, uh, you know, and, and Bagley, you kind of need a build around him. And why would you? Do why that? would you? Exactly. Yeah. Now he's a classic, like great for fantasy, but you don't want your team giving him 32 minutes again. And as he gets older, teams will stop. <laughs> uh, right. Right. So. Yeah. So the silly season will end at some point. All right. Well, uh, Let's move on from the Pistons to to another um, just outstanding franchise. Looking forward to this one. This is a bit of a deeper cut, um, but we need to mention this man for late silly season purposes, and that is Spurs center Sandro Mamu Kelishvili. <laughs> wow, <laughs> is this real? Are you it, yes. this is hey, real. Man. Yeah, no, 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 no. Just sit tight. I got you. Sandro okay. Mamu Ke- okay. Sandro Mamu Ke- Kemishvili. Mamu Kelishvili is his name. Is this okay. an ad read? No, no, Are no. you being paid? No, let me finish up. I got you. So he's a power forward center on Yahoo. He's 11% rostered, Vicky. Uh, yesterday, wow. D- yesterday in DFS, he, he, so his line yesterday <laughs> off the top of my head against the Pelicans, he had 20 points, five boards, three dimes, three triples, three steals, no blocks, but he can block shots. Welcome to silly season. This is what we're talking three about. Three steals. Wow. <laughs> this is the silly season. It's amazing. Uh, so again, this I'll give you a little history and then I'll let you know when to use this guy. Uh, so uh, Mamu Kemishvili was the 54th pick of the 2021 draft. He's a tough guy. Four, I see like you looking at him on the phone to see if this is I, real. I am. I am. Yeah. I have to <laughs> He's look at him. He's played, he played four years at Seton Hall. He's born in New York. He was uh, raised in the nation of Georgia, went to high school in Italy, speaks four languages fluidly, and he grew up idolizing the great Zaza Pachulia. So that's a little wow. background. <laughs> The great, the great foot stopper himself. <laughs> so to become a little more relevant here. So this is a target to stream and to play in DFS whenever Zach Collins sits, uh, especially for DFS because his field goal percentage is a shockingly horrible 36.3% from the field on the season for a big guy. So this is a strange anomaly. Like I'm not making this man up. Um, but in the three, in the three games without crunch time, Zach Collins is averaging 25 minutes a game. I gave you the line. That's the ceiling when he's getting 20, wow. 25 minutes a game. So again, keep your eye out for the great Sandrew Mamo Kemishvili. Oh, well, I, I just got to give you a clap on that one. I mean, that's fantastic. I, especially considering how last week, you uh, you gave me. I feel like it was three thumbs down on my uh, Bates Diop talk too. Like weren't hearing, we're not hearing no. my Bates Diop talk at all. And then you you come out with this fantastic uh, Georgian uh, center. I, when it comes to extracting dirty value from the Spurs, I'm your man right now because I've been playing a lot of DFS because I've started the DFS Papa Sports Ethos. So I'm really trying to, to get to know my stuff. And this is the kind of crap you have to know if you're doing DFS stuff. It is funny because I, I I have noticed his lines and I thought, oh, oh, 
my like brain just immediately read them as like Medvedenko. I was like, oh, that's that was Sasha Medvedenko. <laughs> like, oh, so he's still like, in the league. Like, Stephen A. Smith. No. <laughs> I was like, no, he doesn't. I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't have time for this. Like, that's a great reference. <laughs> Slava Medvedenko. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're butchering this. Okay, sticking with the Spurs. I'm not going to pause. I'm not editing this out. We're rolling through. Um, Malachi Branham. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. He's 16% mm-hmm. rostered on Yahoo. He's a shooting Is he guard. Really? 60%? 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes more sense. As in, like, sweet 16, you know, dancing queen. And the Spurs are not having the time of their life. But when Trey Jones sits, as a DFS player slash season-long streamer, you might have a good time with Malachi Branham because in the 11 games without Trey Jones, he's uh, averaging 15 points, four boards, two and a half dimes, 1.6 triples, 0.7 steals. You can't get 0.7 steals in one game, but if you create an average, you can get that stat. And just under 30 minutes. Your shooting splits, he's giving you 50% field goals, 82.5 free throws. So just very serviceable. Um, Yeah. You know, nice little plug-and-play guy who can get you some guard stats, especially in games where they're sitting Trey Jones and uh, Devontae Graham. But Malachi Branham, he actually was, uh, I believe, the 20th pick uh, in the draft recently, so a little pedigree there as well. Um, so not quite as random as my memo chemist feely, but uh, there's there's my Spurs doubleheader for you. That's yeah. all I got. That, that one I, I, w- I was glad to see. I, I liked him a lot coming out of Ohio State, and, and it was I was disappointed to see a uh, – I think maybe it was an ankle injury that he went down with during summer league, so we didn't get to see him during summer league or or the first couple months of the season. I feel like it was a, took him a long time to come back, and then he was kind of buried on the bench at that point. Um, but uh, but I, I liked his scoring profile, like the size and his range. Uh, you know, he's kind of a little bit – He's kind of got like a – it'd be interesting to see. I guess I'm curious, who do you think long-term is going to have the longer NBA career between him and David Roddy? Because their their builds look a little similar. Um, so nice question. I can't pretend to have a strong take on that yet. That's fine. That's fine. Or or who do you feel stronger about, Malachi Brandon or the, uh, the, or the last two years of Evan Turner? <laughs> I'll take the upside, the unknown question mark of uh, Malachi Branham. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Strong answer. <laughs> um, so m- moving on to my, my last player that I have, and I'm guessing that uh, you may have somebody from this team too, uh, but it was, I'm just going to talk about the Houston Rockets here. Um, I don't know if you had a guy that you were looking to highlight from, from them as well or, or not. Not today. Uh, oh, perfect. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I guess considering that we, they've been telegraphing the tank all season. Um, you know, they've been a young team, but I guess I was, was really curious to see what this end of the season was going to bring as far as, uh, you know, guys getting huge minutes and who's going to blow up just based off of what we saw from Jalen green last year, uh, being just kind of exploding towards the end of the last two weeks of the season, his scoring numbers and usage going through the roof. And it, I think, you know, as you were alluding to in, in the intro was kind of like, okay, this might, I guess I assumed we were looking into the crystal ball for the, for this next season. And that ended up not being quite the case, but maybe for next season and maybe it was just a year early, but, but we'll see. I mean, I but you don't think so. I do think so. I still a Jalen Green believer. Yeah. It's hard, hard to argue with that just talent. But, but so far over the last two weeks, I guess, 
I've been a little surprised on who we have and haven't seen pop, uh, you know, and I think maybe that's just kind of speaks to the Rockets talent or coaching, but uh, you know, I think Shingoon uh, is right at his kind of season average last two weeks, basically at number seven, nine Jalen green has been a tick up, you know, he's, he's better, but he's still one thirty one. you know, just cause he's crushing you in a couple really hurting you in a couple categories. Um, Tari Easton's had a couple really good games, but you know, hasn't been able to quite string it together. He's one fifty six. um, headhunter junior Kevin, Kenya Martin is, uh, 147 over the last two weeks playing good playing good playing good games but you know not quite elite a strong streamer um and then porter's been been kind of hurt out of the lineup a little bit so has, his value doesn't quite tied in there but the one guy who has popped uh and, and it's jabari i i wasn't i wasn't totally expecting that uh he's no number 47 player over the last two weeks averaging 18, 9, and 2 with with 1.9 stocks and two threes. I mean, he's with 50% shooting, kind of no turnovers. He's finally kind of showing us what we thought we were getting right at the draft, uh, which was a Michael Porter Jr. kind of clone. Uh, was this did you have any stock in Jabari Smith Jr. at the end of the season here? Or? Well, this this one in particular, I'm going to look at a bigger picture and and kind of get back to your question. So um, the Rockets have done something, I think, smart for a tanking team to try to get more information. But it could be telegraphing a problem down the road, you know, for them, a decision they'll have to make and also a problem for fantasy potentially. And that's a lot of these games where uh, Jabari Smith Jr. has popped. They've been finding ways to get Shingoon some rest days. Well, he's popped up. He popped up one day, profitable, profitable, and all of a sudden wasn't playing. Um, so about every third to fourth game, they, they've been sitting him and putting Jabari Smith Jr. at center. I think what's been awkward for Jabari Smith Jr. is he's been relegated to a spot up shooter at the power forward spot. Washington's doing his thing, and then we we have spent a lot of airspace talking about how you know this team is just kind of a your turn, my turn type team. So mm-hmm. I'm, as you know, I'm a huge Shagun believer. I also right. believe in Jabari. I didn't have him in any season long leagues for this stretch. I didn't make it that far with him anywhere. Um, used him in some DFS lineups, but it's interesting because I just think that they're both centers. Shingun is clearly incredible talent. Uh, Jabari mm-hmm. Smith. I just don't think a stretch four is going to unlock his ultimate potential. Really? You, you see him as a, like having the size to kind of battle against. No, he doesn't uh, have to. No, it's it's the it's a matter of like he he's a stretch five on offense, and then you're, he's not having to compete with that with the right, right four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's not going to be banging down there, but but yeah, it's been it's been great to see. Um, and I'm just curious how much of a crystal ball we're getting because it's yeah he'll have to he'll have to you know change his game a little bit to fit next to Shingoon and. You know, he's just been showing a little bit more of of that versatility on offense instead of just the shoot. Wow, I, I really like that take. I, that's something I'd never considered because I, I kind of always viewed him as a, you know, potentially higher ceiling Michael Porter Jr. or a healthier Michael Porter Jr. But the way that you're describing him is almost more of an uh, offensive uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Am that's I, a great. Is, is no, that, you're dead on. I think that that's more of the ceiling as far as team construction. If you want to unlock his potential, I think you need to treat, treat him a little bit more like a JJJ 
which works next to a, a less skilled big guy like like Stephen Adams, um, right. or, or even Tillman right now. Tillman's a similar mm-hmm. center. Um, so yeah, I think long term it's a great problem to have for the Rockets. Um, I'm still Team Shingun overall as far as he had to commit to one, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to see what they do because yeah, I just think that those guys the, the, they're the main post player you want in your offense as far as unlocking their ceiling. And that's what we want for fantasy. We want as many of these talented players in the right situations as possible. Yeah. Wow. That's uh that was a way better Jabari Smith uh, conversation than I was expecting to, to have tonight. So uh, never settle, never compromise uh, PTJ baby. Dang a lot, a lot better than that. Uh, could you remind me the name of this, this first center one more time? I'd love to. That's Sandro Mamo Kamishvili. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who's who's the, uh, moving on to the next silly season uh, hero or awards player? Uh, who do you get? Well, near and dear to your heart, I have an entire situation I'd like to address. Uh, uh, and I'm labeling that situation Blazers guys, a.k.a. the fail Blazers Wemby tank squad. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's, that's where we're it's at. Certainly, man. that's accurate. It, it is fail Blazers. I, I haven't heard that tag, but I, 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 I just made it up. I got some other it's ones. Pretty can, good. Yeah. I got some other ones I can hit you with. Here comes the tank in Portland, and not a tank to stop income inequality or gentrification. This is a tank making a good faith run at the bottom four. Because the Blazers currently have the six best odds in the Wimby sweepstakes, nine percent chance according to Tankathon.com of landing number one. So here comes the fail Blazer Wimby tank squad. Yeah, the tankathon.com odds are certainly something that I've been refreshing on, on repeat. So it's, it's, a, it's a daily refresher, and I, I've never been more plugged into the Orlando Magic, who they are uh, totally. currently, or last that I checked, were a game and a half uh, behind. But uh, depending on re- tonight's results, could be a game behind. So let's talk about it, Nate, and, I'm, and let's let's kind of do – I'm going to kick it to you. We'll do a little bit of ranking here, rest of the season, uh, as far as who, who you'd rather have. But as we know, it's very situation and roster dependent. Um, so you got Cam Reddish. I, you know, when I was doing my research, I decided he might have the highest overall upside the rest of the way as far as, far as what I'm calling the fail blazers, um, meaning they want to fail, no diss. Um, you know, I think he's a strong streamer uh, in your semis and your title games. He has the most well-rounded – skill set. So you got Cam Reddish there. Um, Trendon Watford has been a great target with uh, Jeremy Grant missing, which has been over a week now. And it's very, it smells a lot like the Pistons days. Jeremy Grant was like, you don't want me to play in March and April? No problem. I got you. Yeah. Uh, so he was prepared for that. His minutes go from 17 to 26 a game um, without Jeremy Grant. And that's eight games. Um, you get that jump and he's put up some very nice lines. Shade and Sharp. Um, I had jotted down. He's the most important glimpse into the future guy here. He could be a sneaky streamer, contrarian DFS play. People aren't on him yet. Well, he was a contrarian DFS play tonight. 24 points, nine boards, four steals, four threes, two dimes. And I think it's exciting as a Blazers fan to be able to see what he can do. Um, I will throw out there that on Josh Lloyd's pod today, he mentioned that he's, it's speculation, but he's kind of getting the sense that Anthony Simons could be done for the season. So those are the names. And then you also have the prize through Eubanks who could soak up some usage. So just kind of give me your, your, your thoughts here. Do you have a preference um, from the fantasy side and then also a little Blazers corner as far as what we're looking for the rest of the way here? Yeah, I think the, uh, the, the, 
it took about a week ago that the kind of like the organization, and I feel like the fan base kind of realized that this is a tank situation, that they're no longer going to be competing for the 10 seed. I think that decision was kind of locked in when they rested their starters versus New Orleans, who's competing for the 10th seed with them. Um, you know, we were talking off off air, and this is just my personal hunch, uh, but I've wondered for about a week or so if if Dame is kind of competing for the scoring title. Um, that's kind of about two weeks ago, you know, he kind of had that scoring eruption and it kind of felt like among Blazers fans, they're like, we were like, well, let's, this is gives at least gives us something to root for. Um, and to qualify for the scoring title, you have to play 58 games. Um, and I've kind of wondered if all along, if the Blazers goals or Dame's goals were to play out those 58 games, kind of be it, make it strategic. So you give yourself the best chance. You're not playing second night of back to backs go out there, score as, just go kind of go bonkers. And after 58 games, see where, see where you're at. Um, See if that scoring title is in reach. And then the moment that you kind of have it, or you, you feel like, you know, either you're going to get it or not get it, then you're going to get shut down. And so Dame's at 57 games. um, And so I think we'll, we'll find out if that's true, but I, I'm kind of not expecting Dame to play much more than two or three games total and that's and i think once that happens that's really going to go full stream into into these kind of tankathon blazers um which you hopefully can attract some value out of i liked your list of the guys that you you reference cam reddish is i think is likely to fill um last year's role which was dennis smith jr putting up huge numbers in the silly season for the blazers nice call Um, yeah uh, i think I think you could put up pretty pretty solid numbers for you, and you've been can, seeing it the last couple of weeks. Can he run point? Like, who's going to run point? That Ryan Alvarado Mata guy? Like, who's I guess gonna... they they want to see Keon Johnson. I think a little bit too. He seems kind of busty out of uh, out of Tennessee. I, I thought I, I haven't liked his minutes um, so Agreed. far this season. I, I thought he might be like uh, my comp to him ceiling wise coming out was Eric Bledsoe, uh, but he looks like Eric Bledsoe with only the measurables like he, I'm sure he can throw down some nice dunks in practice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't quite have that, that dog in him. Right. Yeah. So I think it, it will be interesting. I, 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 I was excited to see the Shaden sharp uh, numbers. I mean, you, you kind of shared those with me right before we went on air. Um, and it's, but it's been surprising as the kind of the tank has been coming in simultaneously we've seen up until tonight Shaden Sharp's minutes also on its on a similar decline which made no sense I I'm not necessarily sold on him um as a you know as a prospect in the next couple of years not that he can't be great but you know I think his his pathway towards being a starter on a on a high quality playoff team seems a little further off than what we've seen so far. But, uh, but I like the idea of, of, of kind of giving them some minutes. I, uh, Trenton Watford for sure. As a, as a guy who's going to get you something, he's not going to blow up, but he kind of does a good job. He actually does a decent job of getting assists for a big man. Yes, he does. Um, and, and the other guy who I would love to see that, uh, you didn't reference, but we'll, we'll see it. It kind of, it depends on if he gets out of, Phillips' doghouse, and that's Nasir Little, um, just because his profile is fantasy friendly as far as kind of a three and D 
type guy. Um, he could, if he's able to get in minutes up into the, into the thirties, I think he, he's going to be a valuable guy for the, for kind of your last week of the season rosters. It's got a similar skill set to a Obaji, the rookie in Utah. Like there's mm. little does uh, quick dynasty corner. Like you've, you've seen more of him than most of our listeners, except our hardcore Blazers fan listeners, Trenton Watford. Like what's his ceiling? I've liked him. I think he's a very, He's like a got a lot of tools in the toolbox, you know. He's like a um, very, very um, unhoused man's Chris Weber as far as how he plays out of the post. Uh, mm-hmm. So, where do you see that going? Do you think he, you know, he could really pop down the road with 20, 30 minutes a game? Yeah, I, I, I really like Trenton Fulford as well. I mean, his athleticism is through the roof. He was a really high high school recruit. Uh, going into LSU and so I was surprised to see that he fell in the draft it didn't make a ton of sense um, because we've seen a ton of athleticism from him and actually we've seen a little bit of range as well so far in the season he's I feel like he's he's one of those guys and and there's a whole bunch of them Paul Reed is you know is another guy who kind of comes to mind right off the bat who you know when you see him in these like 10 minute sprints you're like wow, that dude plays so hard. He just went in and, and did lights out dynamic. And then when you see him in a 30 minute role, you kind of are aware of his limitations a little bit. Um, but I, but I do see him long-term as a rotation player. And, he, and if that happens, he could be a top 75, hundred player. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Nice, nice take. Well, do you got any more names? That's my, uh, that's my fail blazers. Wemby tank squad. Yeah, no, the, uh, the only question i i guess i just kind of wanted to uh finish off with was that and i i don't think i've ever asked you this on air is i guess i'm curious to see you know when it comes to the playoffs if you have a preference over what you know when you're setting your leagues what weeks you like to do uh your playoffs during um it's a great question man um i think Overall, it's better to squeeze another week of silly season out of the playoffs if possible. It's a hard thing to predict as far as how many teams will be tanking. How when does it get so silly that it is it skews the results of the season? You know that we you've had. Um, so I would say um, championship week should be this week. I'm in a title game right now in my longstanding uh, CBS Points League. Shout out Seattle Stern Killers. Um, let's go get that chip. Um, need Edwards to play. Need Halley to play. This is a format that is an average score. So it's the average. You just need one game and you get that score and that's their average for the week. Um, so a little corner there. But yeah, I, I felt better about that. And the commissioner and I had some conversations around just making sure we could avoid. Because in this league, if you get a zero from somebody, they're locked into your lineup. That's a zero. That's it. I lost a title game one year where I had two zeros in my lineup and they were locked in. Um, So we've had to have some reforms around that. That's that's specific to a weekly locking league, which some people are in Um, a little more archaic, but people are in them. Um, But I would say overall, shaving another week off um, and Yahoo honestly should probably move the default up and then other leagues might follow suit. I know Josh Lloyd is a proponent of last week having been the title game. And, you know, I don't know, that might be a little early for my liking. I kind of like splitting the baby. Um, and I would say, you know, you can make it work with the title game next week, but I think all things considered, you're going to get better results if your title game can be moved up to, to now, to this week. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you definitely see more cons- or 
the results are more uh, consistent with what the season looked like. I guess my my thing has always been that I guess I'm just such a a fantasy junkie that I hate right. to leave any meat on the bones for the season. Uh, you know, like leaving early, I feel like would be like going out to like a wings <laughs> joint and like looking over at somebody else, like, and like looking at their basket of wings and just being like, do you just ate only like the drumsticks? You like left <laughs> all this, like, I, I kind of want to get in there and just like finish this basket for you. Um, so I guess I, I, I've always liked playing up until, you know, not the last week of the season. That's crazy. But like the, the second, the last week, I get that. Well, realizing that, you know, the championship game could get a little weird, but also knowing that, yeah. you know, if you have to drop a giant name, if you have to drop Giannis, then it's like, well, there's nobody else to pick him up. So it doesn't matter. I think as my fantasy palette widens a little bit, I find this is just a better time for DFS because you can go for all those fools. Mm. Like it's, it's just more fun to when you have the information clicking on all cylinders to be able to take advantage of that instead of watching your roster just dissipate in front of you, uh, which is just a little painful. Um, but uh, speaking of DFS, uh, I caught you on a DFS podcast recently. Uh, we should have dropped that right at the beginning. Uh, tell us about this. Did you listen to that? Thanks, man. I did. Yeah, it's, uh, so that was with, uh, it's called DFS Today. Uh, so you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I'll be joining uh, the host every Friday. It's for a company called Sports Ethos, um, which is, they're doing great stuff. Um, they kind of got, I got, they got everything all across the board. They actually have a podcast for fantasy disc golf. So like whatever your pleasure, whatever your pleasure, <laughs> whatever your pleasure Wait, is. Is that, is that the sport that that Spurs guy you were talking about plays? <laughs> no, I didn't mention that. My bad. Yeah. Um, but no, they're putting stuff out every day. So tomorrow night I'll be recording a pod uh, for the Saturday's DFS slate. So basically every night you, you do your pre-work and the DFS pod drops in the morning for you every day. Um, even if you don't play DFS, I'd say it's the best way to hear about that day's streamers. It's like a 20 to 30 minute pod. Uh, you're going to get all the freshest information that you can. Obviously some stuff changes with the injury report, but you know, we set the table for that. So we're doing great work with the DFS, but, and it just keeps me fresher. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a great opportunity. I'm super excited to so shout out to sports ethos. So please. Yeah, give it's, them a- it's a great listen. I would definitely encourage anybody to uh, give that a follow. It's certainly on my follows at, at this point. Or, yeah, I appreciate that. Speaking of follows, please do. If you have it by now, uh, follow the projecting the jump podcast on Twitter, um, f- follow projecting the jump pod on Instagram. Uh, and if you have trouble doing that, please uh, give us a shout and we'd be happy to, uh, to guide you. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, you get information quicker that way. Um, and big shout out to the homie cheeseburger, Randy Jokic. Good luck this week. I hope you take care of um, the opponent who did beat me in the first round last week. That was a tough break. We want to see the PGJ team in the title game. Yeah. Let's go PGJ team. Go, yeah, go team. Well, that's what I got. Um, yeah, follow us on the socials. Uh, enjoy the tournament. And for Natron Clean, this is your boy Flying J. Until next time, just you know, keep it real. Enjoy the silly season. I don't really have a slogan for the end of the podcast, so I'm just kind of turning it off. Like you got something. Uh, just enjoy this great, great new outro music. Okay, it's Nathan, Linky, and Jay. They're projecting the jump today Will they guess right? Nobody knows It's a podcast It's about basketball